Hey folks, it's Jeremy, the host of Blamo. Thanks so much for listening. This is a preview of one of our exclusive shows on Patreon. These are member-supported shows, meaning they only happen because of our incredible members and community. So check out a preview of the episode, and if you like it, consider joining us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Blamo, where we have tons of exclusive Blamo episodes, shows, our amazing Slack group, and we're adding new things for members all the time. If not, no worries, we still love you, and we literally have hundreds of episodes of Blamo all free for you to dive into. Thanks so much. Hey folks, this week Rob and I chat with Wesley Scott. He's an artist and designer for the brand 316. But to me, he's one of the few people I know whose style influences the rest of the industry, for real. There are only a handful of folks like this, and Wes is one of them. Wes has an ability to wear designers and brands that don't look how they were presented, but always looks perfect. His approach to dressing is, well, as you'll hear, <laughs> all his own. This episode is the epitome of what Blamo Extra has evolved to. If you want the nitty gritty, you want all the details, you want the brands, it's all in here with one of the best. Rob and I chat with Wes about brands that deserve a second look, why you should buy art, and how to wear clothes differently. It's Blamo Extra with Wesley Scott. So, dude, Wes, uh, thanks for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, I think, um, you know, we should do a little bit of uh, introduction because I feel like you're sort of an under the radar kind of guy. Um, <laughs> but you are a man of many projects and talents. Uh, so, I'm just going to kind of go through a little bit. Um, so, of course, you're the designer and production manager for 316. You kind of make the magic happen on there. And you also have a, a bunch of your own projects. Um, I think the one that I've heard the most about recently is Mount Sunny. So you're partner and designer of the clothes for a, a wellness center, I would say, in Phoenix. Yes. Yeah. So that, that was a Spencer who was actually our sales manager at 316 for a while. Him and his wife moved out to Arizona. She uh, is an acupuncturist, started her own studio. And then Spencer obviously wanted to do some clothes. So brought me into the fold to uh, help flesh that out a bit. So he does all the graphic design. I do more of the uh, textile development, dye work, stuff like that. So I'm actually naturally dyeing the stuff now for all the clothes as well. Oh, yeah. My studio. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can definitely talk about that. Um, also, you have your own projects. I don't know if Mount Joy is still a thing, but you, it seems like you've always like created things on your own. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was like right out of college when I first was living in New York. I was buying and repairing vintage clothes, repurposing, and then I was working with a uh, roommate at the time to photograph it. That's kind of, I don't want to say it's like dead in the water, but I haven't done anything with that for a while. That kind of got rolled into Mount Sunny, some of that work. I uh, got it. Yeah. Or and I, uh, into an art practice. So I wanted to like dig up some like digital imagery, but all that stuff seems to have disappeared from like the internet. It's kind of amazing because this wasn't that long ago, right? It wasn't like in the nineties. The Mount Joy stuff, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll send it to you. It's still on my Instagram, but it's kind of far back. Oh, okay, yeah. I think that's the yeah. only place that's living now. Oh wow, sweet. Yeah. Well, it's living in my closet. Hey, I'm. Uh, for those can of you listening at home, I'm I'm holding up a. Yeah, as I say, can you describe it? Yeah, it's like a camp cap that's made out of different, I believe, repurposed fabrics. Um, most of them are indigo dyed in, in some way. 
Um, it's yeah, it's I think it's made by Knickerbocker. Um, yeah, I, I remember you were selling them online. And there was like eight of them. They're all unique. Yeah, because they were all uh, repurposed Japanese indigo fabrics. So oh, some wow. of it's like Boro panels that I would piece apart, and then mm. some of it is like I found bolts of uh, indigo fabric from Japan. Oh wow! Right. That was that was like at, towards the end of college. I started working on that. And this was like what five or six years ago or so. Those hats would have been eight years ago. Eight years ago. Wow. Probably. Maybe more. Um, eight or nine. Yeah. Sweet. So we'll maybe we'll try to dig up some images and find it, a way to share them on the Slack or on Instagram yeah. or, or something. Um, and other work you've done, you've been kind of working with Andrew Chen on different side projects like Broken Feather. Um, Flat File seems to be the one that's going on now. Um, <laughs> yeah. This slow, is like the biggest introduction ever. Um, so I'll just wrap it up. Well, I mean, also... he's an artist, and I think that's yeah, the cool thing. It's just all these are really cool different projects. I'm glad we're listing it all, by the way. I think it's a great idea. But, like, I mean, it, it just goes to show, like, the, the full sort of personality of Wes as an artist. But go ahead, continue. Sorry. Yeah, there's a, there's a method to the madness. Um, but, yeah, and as Jeremy just said, you're an artist. So um, you do collage work sculpture like just visual art i'm sure there's like tons of stuff i haven't even seen um and i really have to say that the sculpture is like really amazing and i think you just this was like your pandemic project to teach yourself sculpture or something um yeah i took i took a ceramics <laughs> class uh must have been like august 2020 mm. and then wow. i was kind of like well I, I don't want to do wheel turn ceramics so i just started buying clay and doing sculptures I mean, my pandemic project was like learning how to hold a pencil the right way because apparently I never learned it correctly. So I think we just <laughs> we see what kind of different levels we're all playing at here. Oh man, I think that would be actually a good project for me because I do I hold a pencil like a fool. That's my handwriting oh, yeah? is terrible. That's a project I need to do that I'll never do. Oh yeah, we can. Wait, how do I hold a how do I hold a pencil? <laughs> I got to figure right. this out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is. We'll do a call where we just all learn how to use a pencil correctly. <laughs> we all hold pencils on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tying shoes—that's like another thing. Mm. Tying shoes. There's like a good way to tie shoes, and there's you got to have it. The bow lay flat across. You don't want any angled bows, man. That's some amateur hour shit. When you tie your shoes, you need it nice. <laughs> you need it nice and flat. That's you know, if you can flex on tying a shoe, mm. you're you're a homie. Yeah, we're gonna launch our uh, shoe tying YouTube. Yeah, Lamo, TikToks, I guess TikToks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I was thinking of the mechanics of the knot, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, dimensions we can go into. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, I mean, the reason why I listed through all your projects is um, there's kind of a consistency in there. Um, I mean, you're obviously a very creative kind of guy, um, but there's certain themes that kind of come up, like repurposing things, um, <laughs> patchwork. So, um, yeah, I mean, like what what kind of is it that's so attractive to you to continue exploring those different themes in your work? Mm. Um, well, I think, I think most of the repurposing stuff stems from just when I was growing up, I grew up skating. And so it was just a lot of... Where'd you grow up? Uh, Southern Delaware. So Lewis, Delaware, little beach town right on the coast. Nice. Um, and... Yeah, growing up skating, like you tear holes in all your clothes, so you have to repair it. My mom taught me how to sew when I was pretty young. 
Um, and basically, like I would just I would iron on patches or I would sew on patches on my pants because I wasn't willing to give them up. Um, and that kind of just carried on for a long time. But I think what's so interesting about it is the ability to reframe something as new, even if it's something you've had for a long time or even something that's been around for a long time. Because I think most people have a tendency to view age with any anything, whether it's a product or whatever it is, as uh, you know, decreasing the value. Whereas I think in most respects, most times, a lot of the things that we'll talk about, are that, or at least for me, that are my favorite things are things that are older. Things that have lived a life, they have a life to show, they kind of sh- show where it's been. Um, I mean, you know, early men's were days, like everyone was obsessed with Boro, right? Or any of that stuff. <laughs> yes. Yes, they were. And still and, are. Yeah. And it's like, that's, that's that exact thing, right? Like, you can't remake Boro and have it look and feel the same way. Like, you can try. Everyone's try. I feel like so many people have tried to remake, but there's something, there's something more ephemeral about that that life that the, the fabric has lived that gets it to that point that you can't just mimic. Um, and yet I, here I am like trying to almost do that in my work constantly. It's like trying to, trying to mirror that feeling because I'm doing the patchworking myself. I'm doing the repair myself. Uh, but I try and do it in as authentic of a way as possible where I actually try and use older fabrics and things. Like I, use, I make big fabric assemblages. Uh, I just showed some at Mount Sunny. Um, but they'll be like 50 inches by 50 inches. And it's a patchwork of old fabrics. But I make sure that I, on them, I always use, I always try and use antique fabrics so that there's actually little holes that need to be repaired or there's little wear marks. There's things like that. Because I tried it with new fabrics for a while and I quickly realized that you can't get that same feeling out of it. What's, what's an antique fabric in, in terms of age? Uh, usually, I mean, most of the stuff I'm seeing is, 1960s and earlier mm-hmm. so gotcha. you can still find like old bolts of belgian linens and things from the 40s and 50s some earlier um and some i mean sometimes i you do just use repurposed fabrics that i'll find at a jobber in the garment district or something so right. that's not even that old but a lot of times i try and find something that's been sitting in the back for a while that's a little has some wear to it have you ever bought like old quilts? I only ask because my so my wife, her, and my mother in law uh, made a bunch of like Christmas stockings over the holiday from, I think they were called like scrap quilts or quilt. It's, it's, it's some type of name, but it's basically like what a quilter would use, but they didn't finish or what they practiced mm-hmm. on. Yeah, yeah. And it's you know, and they were getting stuff from like the 30s and 40s off of like Etsy and it was like a gross ass quilt that they would then launder and then just cut up and, and kind of patchwork out. Um, but like, how are you getting some of these things? I mean, I know you said a jobber, but like what other, like for the old stuff, the really old stuff, honestly, Etsy, which, Etsy. Is, which is funny. It's like Etsy and eBay. Cause you can find sellers from Eastern Europe. A lot of times that are selling giant rolls of, old handloom linen fabrics from like the 20s or the 30s that's so cool <laughs> and it's so cheap i'm looking at this i'm like how, how are people not buying all of this up at, right now you know well, what's cheap in fabric i apologize for my ignorance no no i mean it could be like seven dollars a yard wow okay mm. you know which to put that in perspective like i mean even basic shirting fabrics that are somewhat decent can be like 10 bucks a yard wow wow you know um, so to make a shirt would be like how many yards? Like you'd need like 
five or six or something to make a shirt yeah uh no it's like depends on how wide it is but usually about two to two and a half oh okay times. Um, so very affordable I, yeah well yeah and then the fabric prices definitely increase exponentially once you start getting into the nicer stuff yeah right yeah um, no that's cool so i mean it, it almost sounds like you're you're talking about your like um period matching like so you don't you want to do your repairs with like something that feels like correct or that existed at the time yeah and for a while i was actually i was doing clothing repair for people and so people would send me jeans and i would just hand hand fix them hand repair them uh and i would try and find jeans from a similar era to oh, then wow. use as like a donor pair to repair um so recently i was i had a pair of old orange tab levi's that i found at a thrift store up here 517s yeah they were they were 517s hell yeah (laughs) you know uh and so then i went on ebay and i just found a size i think 42 pair of orange tabs smart like 20 bucks but they the bottoms were shredded it looked like a a dog had eaten the bottom of the legs i was Mm -hmm. like this is fine it's a huge size there's enough fabric here uh and so now i have enough fabric to repair probably four or five more pairs of jeans but wow. that stuff now all just lives in the in my storage loft in my studio space, overflowing. But but yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I, there's there's something to it. I try and match it if I can. It doesn't have to be because sometimes it can be more interesting to use uh, something totally random. But uh, I like to try and match match that period if I can. How much of of like your art is connected to your personal style? I I say that in the sense that. Um, like for me, you have always been someone where you've caused me to take a second look at a lot of clothing brands and Andrew uh, Chen and I've talked about this too, like privately in the, in which like I'll make fun of a brand or something, or I'll just be stupid. Right. I'll just be myself. And he'll be like, actually like Wes is kind of into that brand. And I'll be like, Oh my God, like, wait, I I need to reconsider my, the whole thing. Like I need, you know? And like the case in point, like like you, how you look at brands like Hater and um, was like maybe it was like some of the old, you know, on D brands and like like some of the ninja style clothes. But that's you never dress like a ninja, you know, and you never, you know, and you work at three sixteen, but you yeah. don't wear like all kind of workwear stuff. But like I would, I it's such a trite question, but I would really like to kind of dig into your personal style. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny that you bring up Hyder and and D though, because I think those are two where I never dressed, where I looked the part like I would be interested in this brand. Bingo. Bingo. But I always had a lot of stuff. Like my my winter coat, I have a couple, but my main one that I love is this. Sorry, <laughs> it's all right. I mean, they the the guys outside there were cheering you on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Punk, if you love on the moon maester. Yeah. Oh, uh, but yeah, like my winter coat isn't. You're good. Dang. Is uh, is an and the maester coat that I that I've had for I don't know, it's like seven or eight years, but it's like the, the sleeve lining is shredding, but it's my favorite thing. But no one would ever know because I don't wear it in the way that you would style it. Yeah. But but I think that's a big thing. Like I, the brands I'm most interested in. They create a world, and I love that. I love the world building aspect, but I don't exist in that world, so I have to reinterpret it my own way. But there's usually there's usually something about 
the designer or the brand that intrigues me. Or there's some similar place that we can align perspectives on. And even if it's not the whole thing, I'm able to, I think usually I'm able to pull that little bit out of it. How, how do you do that? I, I mean, again, these are dumb questions to me, but I think it's the questions that everyone wants to know. Like, I, I seriously, I do not know how to wear a brand and not look like I'm wearing that brand, right? Like, um, if I, if I wear like Rick or any of that stuff, like it looks like I'm wearing it, but you've really been able to incorporate these pieces. So like, what is the mindset that you have? Um, or what are the things that you're seeing in these brands that you can then pull out and put into your own style? Mm. That's a good question. Um, Want to hear the rest? Listen to the full episode and tons more exclusive episodes on Patreon. You can visit patreon.com forward slash blammo. You also get access to our members only Slack community where we chat about clothes, watches, coffee machines. I mean, you name it. It's all there. So visit patreon.com forward slash blammo and we'll see you there.